One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hard Run Box podcast for episode one. In this episode, we're going to tell you what is this podcast, what's going on, how can you listen and do things like that. And then we've just spent, I think it's like an hour and a half, nearly an hour and a half talking about the Gamers Nexus, Linus Tech Tips, uh, errors, ethical issues videos. So lots of discussion about how we test things, testing methodology, some of the things that may be going wrong at Linus Tech Tips at the moment. We look into the, the Bill A Labs theme, we just give our thoughts on how they handled that and just our general thoughts as well on, on Linus Tech Tips and whether they are a net benefit or net negative for the tech scene in general. So all that's coming up. Yeah, let's get into it. All right, Steve. We're doing a podcast, the Hard Run Box podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, well, it's been an interesting day so far, a lot of <laughs> things going on, but I, I'm personally doing great. Uh, got a good night's sleep last night, feeling pretty fresh, and I'm excited to have a chat with you for the first ever podcast. So it's yeah, kind of cool to do it this way. Should be awesome. Yeah, sort of based on some of our... I, would you say it's like private chats? Like mm. often when there's a product coming out or something, we'll have a bit of a discussion, you and I, about results or mm-hmm. other people's reviews or things like that. We just thought, you know what, maybe other people would be interested. Maybe a, a podcast would be appropriate for that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So I guess that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, I think almost almost every conversation we've had over the last few years, we've, we've finished our one hour back and forth and you're like, wow. This would have been pretty good content for the main channel. Um, so, yeah, we do a bit of that in our you know Patreon stuff uh, behind the scenes. But I think the, this podcast should be a, a better format for doing it on and, and more people yep. will get to see it. So hopefully that works out as being a good thing. I hope so. Yeah, just aiming for it to be very casual, very Q&A-like. I know some of you have appreciated our longer answers in the Q&A sections. The sort of unscripted content because most of our content is scripted. Like we do work hard on the on the scripts and things. So a bit of a more casual chat will will hopefully get people involved. This will be an audio focused podcast. So if you are watching it on the new Hard Run Box podcast YouTube channel, you'll see our 
sexy faces, I guess, but um, the aim isn't to have heaps of video, like no charts or anything. No, like you don't have to watch the video to get this content. You should be able to subscribe in your Spotify feed or Pocket Cast or Apple Podcasts or stuff to figure that out. So hopefully I'll be able to get it working, but audio focus. So you can, you can listen to it while you're doing things. Yeah. We're sort of hoping for it to be like a weekly show. I think probably this this episode will go out on like a Tuesday or something, but probably later in the week will be our normal release schedule. And yeah, just sort of like an hour of news of interesting topics. You know, we don't get a lot of opportunity these days to cover news as it happens. So mm -hmm. often we're waiting for the Q and A's or waiting for our monthly live streams. So hopefully the podcast will, you know, if there's news, interesting news topics or leaks or things to cover then. But yeah, the podcast is really going to be the place for that. And hopefully over mm -hmm. time we'll get, we'll get some guests in for some interesting perspectives as well. Yeah, no, it's going to, it's going to be good. It'll definitely be a well, a fun way for us to mix it up and and get some of the conversations we'd be having anyway out there and yeah, it'll be interesting and enjoyable hopefully for those that would find this stuff interesting and enjoyable. And I mean, we've we've chosen a pretty bad week to start this because there's just nothing going on. There's no juicy <laughs> topics to talk about. There's just there's really nothing, but we'll make the most of it, won't we, Tim? I think we will. Yeah, it's probably, you know, we've been planning this for for a couple of weeks now, the podcast, getting everything set up. And then it just so happens this morning we wake up and Gamers Nexus has made a video about Linus Tech Tips and the quality of their content, which was a very interesting watch. And we haven't talked about it yet um, between us, just a few very brief notes. So this is kind of our first reactions between you and me about this video. Yeah. Yeah. I woke up, uh, and I, I did my usual routine, got out to the office and I'm like, ah, well, I'm having my coffee. What can I relax and watch? And I've gone to my subscription feed, which admittedly, there's not a lot of tech channels on my personal account because you know, yeah. I, I don't want to watch a lot of that stuff since I live and breathe it, but I do have gamers Nexus on my personal account. And so I'm scrolling through and I'm like, ah, I don't really want to watch that. I don't want to watch that. And then I've, that thumbnails jumped out at me. I'm like, huh, is this, not to say clickbait, but is this something different than what I initially thought it might be? Because uh, I didn't know this was coming from from Steve from Gamers Next. I speak with Steve quite a bit. I've spoken to him just over the last few days and he's not mentioned anything. Um, the whole comment from LTT Labs that, that started this, I know Steve saw that. They didn't make any comment about it, so I didn't think they were we're going to bother, which is fair enough. And then, yeah, saw the video, started watching it. And I was like, oh, okay, this is, um, <laughs> this is very spicy. <laughs> All right. So yeah. And, um, obviously we have a lot of, not just about the GN video, I suppose, just about the whole situation, benchmarking. Um, we just have a broad range of thoughts, I suppose, which we'll work through over the next hour or however long it takes. Yeah, and I think we should probably start with those comments that you made on Twitter and the comments mm -hmm. in the LTT Labs tour video. So mm -hmm. basically, we're, we're, I don't know whether this started there. It's it's kind of, there's a broad range of issues that Games Next has covered. But more mm -hmm. recently, um, as people were going through LTX, uh, a channel made this tour of the LTT Labs. And one of the employees working at the labs made some comments about their testing at you know the labs versus the testing at at Hardware Unboxed and Gamers Nexus. And I think you you thought that the comment was inaccurate. It, it was mm -hmm. inaccurate. I think mm -hmm. that's fair to say. Mm -hmm. And you decided to clarify that on Twitter. Is that, that's how it played yeah, out? That, I thought so. Uh, I didn't think there was too much in it, to be honest. I saw someone on our Discord linked us to the video because I don't remember the channel, sorry, that that 
did the interview, uh, but that's not important. But yeah, I got linked to it and I'm like, what's this about? The guys were all making a bit of a, a big deal about it on the Harbour Unbox Discord. I watched it. I was like, oh, okay. Wasn't expecting that. Um, the the comments, yeah, a bit left of field. They weren't accurate in, in my opinion and they just seemed unnecessary. And I was, it's just not something I wanted to see from the LTT guys. I, I, don't, I don't know where it came from. But basically the comment was that, what differentiates them from gamers nexus or harbor on box is they do updated testing so new products get new benchmarks which i think goes without saying but i think what they're meaning to say is that all of the data is updated um and that i guess they're insinuating there that we don't do that which is not the case at all we fully validate our data for all day one reviews uh you guys who watch us will often hear me say all of this data is fresh, all of this data is new. I spent the last two weeks updating everything for this big product because it's a major release. And then, of course, all the head-to-heads that we do weekly, basically. I think we're, at this point, that's basically what I'm spending most of my time doing. All of that data is 100% new, never seen before for that video. Generally, I don't make too much of a big deal out of that. Um, it's kind of just known that we put a lot of time and effort into our benchmarking. So to have someone who is clearly not that familiar with our content make that kind of claim, it didn't upset me a whole lot. I just thought, oh, that's <laughs> that's not true. Um, and that comment seemed a bit unnecessary. Uh, wasn't aware of the full context, but I mean, I saw what I saw. So I just made a bit of a tweet. And yeah, look, I probably could have just said, um, LTT's made a statement here about, or, you know, insinuated that we don't update our testing like they're doing, but just to let you know, we do validate our testing. Um, our data is always up to date and accurate. I could have just left it at that. I suppose that would have been a, I don't know, a sort of a PR response, let's say, <laughs> but we don't, I guess when people are like, oh, that was unprofessional or whatever, it's like, yeah, maybe that's true, but we're not a PR firm. We don't have someone like, what would you rather? Would you rather Harbour on Box be handled by like, you know, someone else manages those accounts or do you want it to just be raw and our honest like sort of knee-jerk reaction to this stuff i mean people's opinions on that will vary but what you get from us is very real it's our opinions and i think ultimately my response was pretty harmless i think i made a i made a bit of a jab i added emoji in there something i said something like we we rerun and have updated our benchmark data more more times than or more than Linus has spent in terms of money on labs and staff. It was just some silly little throwaway comment yeah, like that. Yeah. It's um, a bit of Australian humor too. Like it, yeah, the way it, we operate over here is a bit different. Like if you come from the US, it's just a bit of a different culture. You know, yeah. we take a few jabs and things every time. You know, it's it's bit, it's lighthearted. That's the at least that's the intention. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a bit more annoying like that than say Tim. Tim doesn't do as much of the, <laughs> I don't know, as us Aussies would call it, sort of a piss take. Um, I, cause, cause what we do is so serious and has to be so accurate and so technically correct and all that sort of stuff. You know, I do so much of that, that when we're not doing that, I like to just sort of joke around and have a bit of fun, even at my own expense. And that's, I guess that is very yeah. Australian and that always doesn't come across very well in those tweets. And I guess that's the problem. And I'm sort of aware of it, but I still do it anyway, <laughs> probably more you can't than help I should. I, I, I honestly, yeah, I can't help myself. That's, that's it. So, uh, but at the end of the day, I don't think anything I said there was terribly offensive or was like that dramatic or drama infused or whatever you want to call it. It was just a little bit of a tongue in cheek sort of thing. Didn't warrant anywhere near the response it got. I think some of my follow-up comments were a bit more divisive, let's say, uh, where I said, you know, 
the LTT guys have made some pretty bad mistakes in their benchmark results in the past. Um, not really good enough. We we shouldn't be seeing as many major mistakes from them as we do. And look, I'm not saying that you should never make mistakes. We're all human. We make mistakes. We've made mistakes before. We don't make nearly as many as what we've seen from LTT in recent times. But if 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 you're going to make statements and comparisons like that about other people, you'd kind of want your work to be of a very, very high standard. But yeah, you're, in, day, you're inviting it a little bit. When you make a comment like that, you sort of, hmm. you know, we do this and other people don't do this. The implication is sort of that what you're doing to differentiate yourself is makes your content better. Mm-hmm. And that's only the way I took it. I wasn't offended or anything by the comment. No. I was just like, oh, that's a, that was an interesting one. But hmm. that, that pretty much brings us to the the Gamers Nexus video because while you were sort of making some of those comments about Gamers Nexus, I mean, Linus Tech Tips, you know, testing not being necessarily up to scratch, mm-hmm. the Gamers Nexus video is like all of that take the the dial has been dialed up to 10, broken, set to 12, then broken again. <laughs> Because uh, there were many examples in in their video of, yeah, errors that they've made. You know, it, it, it's interesting because I see some of those errors and I think the, the one thing, you know, as you said, everyone makes mistakes, right? Like mm-hmm. we've made mistakes on the channel, we've made corrections mm-hmm. and things go wrong. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you don't catch something or something just doesn't go right. You make an error, you accidentally copy the wrong data into a, you know, easy to a chart, into a into a spec table, that always yeah. happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the issues that was really highlighted by Gamers Nexus video and something that we've chatted about before is that some of the errors really should be getting caught by mm-hmm. someone in the production pipeline. Like, yeah, yeah, just some of the, the margins and things are, are larger than what is possible from those parts. Like you compare one GPU to another GPU and it's like 300% faster as was shown with that, that 4090 example. Mm-hmm. And then you know, surely something like that should be being caught by someone in that in the production process. And I think mm-hmm. that's where I get a bit frustrated by some of the LTT content is when, yeah, like making a small mistake, like getting getting the cache of a CPU wrong because you've copied and pasted it from the wrong thing. Sure, okay, mm-hmm. I can sort of forgive that. But, you know, a major error like that, which is so visible in a chart, yeah, I guess just doesn't really show much oversight into what's going on. Yeah, I think as as uh, Steve from Gamers Nexus said, it does it exposes a lack of experience because I think, well, certainly myself, Steve from Gamers Nexus, you you as well, even though you don't do a whole lot of GPU testing, that results straight away. Like you you would only need to glance at that graph for a nanosecond, and you'd be like, uh, I've got a question. There seems to be yeah. uh, some data there that doesn't make sense. I, I I don't even know how something like that makes it to the final product and. Generally, when I make or do a day one review, uh, I, I do that largely myself. So I've got we've now got a video editor, Balin, who collects all of the B roll, edits the video in, and once he's finished doing that, then I'll proof it and make sure there's no mistakes. But I'm just one set of eyes and one brain, and sometimes I say dumb stuff and I hear it again, and it just doesn't register as being dumb stuff. So I'll get Tim to watch the content. And then basically once Balin's watched it, I've watched it, and Tim's watched it, we're pretty good to send it. And even then sometimes something small may slip through and we'll have to pin a comment. But generally speaking, they're usually pretty good. We we certainly haven't released anything like what Gamers Nexus showed in that video. But also, you know, people have brought these things to our attention before. You know, it gets posted on our Discord. Um, and I'm talking about the LTT data being very wrong. People 
let us know about it. But I've always, my response has sort of been, I'm not the benchmark police. Like I'm not out here to try and tear LTT down or point to their mistakes because as you have acknowledged and I've acknowledged, we're only human as well. We're, it's going to, it'd be very um, hypocritical of us to say, oh, LTT made a mistake here. You know, everyone give them a hard time because we've made mistakes before. It happens. And I know, I, I don't, I'm not saying either that that's what Gamers Nexus were doing. Gamers Nexus were more like, look, when you call us out by name, you want to make sure, as I said earlier, that all of your stuff is buttoned up and perfect. And here are some really bad things that you've overlooked. And here's some of the smaller stuff. And and Steve said, look, the smaller stuff, yeah, we can kind of forgive, pin a comment. We make mistakes as well. But you can't have these big, huge errors regularly happening and you know, name us as one of the the media outlets that you do something better than like, you know, gamers Nexus, I consider to be the golden standard for day one reviews. They're certainly up there as some of the best day one reviews. And if I was ever going to call gamers Nexus out and say, we do something better, or I want to see this better from gamers Nexus. I'd want to make sure that my last six videos had been pretty well flawless. So as you say, you open yourself up to criticism there um, when you make those comments. And look, if I made a comment about LTT, often being wrong or having issues and I did that in a in a tweet or or a video, then yeah, if people pointed out that we make mistakes as well, I'd just cop that on the chin. I'd be like, yeah. As a, again, making mistakes is fine. No <laughs> issue with making mistakes, but making mistakes is a learning exercise. You make <laughs> a mistake and it's all about your response and how you learn from that and improve for next time. And I I swear that every time that we have made some sort of error, especially a bigger error, something that would require us to edit a video, take down a video, pin a correction. So not like copying a table wrong, Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you get a spec wrong, but like a data error or something like that. Um, You learn from that for next time. So you sort of go, oh, well, you know, I didn't quite correctly, you know, configure that game. So the the testing data turned out to be wrong or, you know, we realized too late that every time you restart the game, the settings changes. So mm-hmm. by the time we got to production, it turns out that we had overlooked that. So next time we're going to make sure we go through and we check every setting after every restart. And even things like monitor testing where you know we miss things like scan lines in a monitor or something. I'm like, okay, well, I didn't really have much of a test process for that. So people bring it into your attention. You're like, you missed this in your content. You didn't cover this. It's a really important deal breaker floor or something. So you implement that for the next time. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the issues with the LMG stuff, again, isn't making the mistakes. It's that you they're making mistakes and then repeating the mistakes in a future video. So they're not necessarily yeah, okay. learning from making those sorts of errors. Mm-hmm. So you know, you know, many of those examples that Gamers Nexus brought up were over quite a span of time where there were inconsistencies, people not noticing results that don't make sense. And I would have thought that after, let's say, the 4090 example was brought up where they had the 300% greater, you know, <laughs> that chart was shown that you would then implement having someone knowledgeable about the product reviewing the videos so mm-hmm. that those things don't get caught. But then you see there's more examples. There's another example and another example. And it seems like LMG has got some internal issues there where I guess they're not able to implement that. They're just, there's just no, not the experience there. There's not the right process. There's mm. not the right person there. I don't think it's like Linus's fault specifically. Like it's not on Linus. It's, it's a management and organizational thing at the company and about how they're producing things and how that differs from a company like Gamers Nexus that only has... I mean, if they have like six, seven employees, there's there's not as many steps to get content out. So there's a lot, you know, there's going to be people closer to making 
the content that are involved with some of those those production related things. It's really tough to get the experience that's required to produce day one reviews at the level they need to be produced at now on YouTube. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the standards very high. You can't be you can't afford to make silly mistakes. Let's say little ones. You know, people will forgive you to a degree, like you say, like getting a a speck in a table wrong or like the the cash figure wrong, like that. Their last minute things that are often done by the editor, though it seemed like it was in the script as well, but th- that's forgivable. But getting yeah major things wrong, things that can really impact the conclusion of the the product review, that's that's not good. But it's really an experience thing, and I think people think that benchmarking is very simple and straightforward. I don't want to make it sound like it's rocket science, but benchmarking today is significantly more complex and difficult than it used to be. And again, I don't mean in the way that, I don't mean that it's very difficult to run a benchmark. That's not what I mean. I mean, making sure that the test system is all up to date and operating as it should be. Because before you even go to test a GPU, you need to make sure that the system itself is behaving as it should be so that it doesn't throw off your comparative data. So there's there's a bit of work you've got to do there to make sure that it's all in line. And then when you're adding new games, you know, have they been patched? Does the patch introduce some kind of weird bug or problem? You know, we saw Cyberpunk get patched and then all of a sudden it just started enabling FSR by default with the quality preset. Although the performance hadn't changed in the game, the presets, if you just left high on high, it was no longer the same as what high used to be. You had to manually go and disable FSR, which then changed the preset name from high to auto. But once you've done that, you then get the same results as what you used to get. So it's just a weird update there where, it, you know, and then so many games, even Cyberpunk does this now. For some reason, it just randomly likes to turn on frame generation. So <laughs> you've got to be on the lookout for that. And I think that's what would have happened in the LTT uh, review, although they said DLSS off. It, to get 300%, I think they would have had frame generation on. Anyway, I'm not exactly sure what happened there, but my point is there's so many things you've got to look into now. So from configuring the system to making sure that's actually giving you the numbers you need to making sure the games are configured the way they need to be, the display drivers are installed correctly and functioning right. There's, There's so much work you need to do just to make sure to validate that you can now then start benchmarking to get accurate data. So it's not, it's just not like what it used to be like. And it's intuition that sort of comes from the experience, like you test so many games over Mm. so many years that you've sort of seen it all. It comes to a point where there's not as many challenges that are sort of new and upcoming and you (laughs) need to find a new way to respond to things like settings changed. Yeah, that's something that we've seen before. Whereas for someone that's only been doing it for six months, a year, two years, they may have never encountered a game in that time where something like that would happen. So then you need to you know, develop a process to deal with that. So as you say, checking the, the settings every time. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes beyond that because you it, it's even difficult just to, you could write all these things down in a document and mm-hmm. hand it off to someone and be like, these are all the things that you need to be aware of. But that doesn't mean that the person is who's doing the testing is going to, you know, have the intuition to deal with slight inconsistencies that may not be documented because you mm-hmm. realistically you can't just make a document that's got these are all the issues you may encounter <laughs> and here's all the ways you deal with it there's yeah, always yeah. new things coming up yeah and you know i would su- suggest that if you go back and look at some of our content from 5 or 6 years ago there's probably things there where 
you know, we've noticed problems and issues that in content today is now much better. <laughs> like we've, <laughs> we've solved some of those problems. We've inter- implemented new tests and done things like that, which again, is just an experience thing. And, you know, everyone has to start out somewhere. Like it's not bad to be inexperienced. There's, you know, we all started from testing just basically in our bedrooms as a bit of a <laughs> hobby and for fun years and years and years ago now, especially mm-hmm. for you, Steve, mm-hmm. um, being an old man. So um, for for El, for the labs team, I, I think it comes down to having someone who's very experienced in benchmarking and testing in the mm-hmm. way, in a media way. So not necessarily in a, a corporate way that you'd be presenting internally at like an AMD or Intel, but in a for media way. And mm-hmm. they should have oversight over the team. I don't know how the LMG labs team works, but you know, some of these issues, for example, like data going out to the script writers that is incorrect, probably would have been caught by someone with, you know, 20 to, you know, 15, 20 years of experience that was just casually looking at those results and looking over, you know, what's the team doing, how they're managing things, just sort of a few spot checks here and there. But mm-hmm. again, I'm not 100% sure exactly who's been managing these sorts of things, but it, it's a it's an acquired skill. It's not something that you can just do straight away especially at this i think an important point is it's specifically at the scope that's required for a day one review where you want to be testing 18 gpus across 10 games you know it's much easier for someone starting out benchmarking to let's say they've got two gpus and they're just testing out the latest game like they're testing Mm -hmm. out ratchet and clank or something they're comparing the two gpus that's much easier to dial down but when you're scaling that up over so many different GPUs from different vendors, different games. It becomes so much more complicated, and that's where things like experience are really valuable, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, and talking about the experience, the comment made by the LTT Labs employee sort of highlighted a lack of experience, and I don't mean because they named Gamers Nexus or Harbour Unboxed. I mean because the claim itself really, in my opinion, only serves to back like it's going to backfire it's going to create headaches for you down the track when you claim that we always update all of our data for every single content piece that right there is a claim that you should never really make and i'll tell you why it it, it bites you both ways because as gamers nexus pointed out if you test let's say shut off the tomb raider which is what we currently use for cpu testing along with a lot of much newer games but shut off the tomb raider is a game that we like to include because it's very CPU demanding. Now, if you test that game the same way, with the same settings, with roughly the same hardware, um, you should get the same result basically every time. The game's no longer getting updated. There's no driver optimizations for that game. Um, You know, things like resize or bar coming along may change performance, but let's just, for argument's sake, say that you're using all the same core, you know, configuration stuff. You will get roughly the same. Like if you get... If a 7800X 3D using an RTX 4070 gets 168 FPS, if you then run that benchmark again and get a three-run average a week later, in my experience, you'll pretty much get to the same frame. Uh, And the way my validation process works, if I get within like one frame of that result, I keep the original result, I deem that margin of error. But basically, the the problem that I see them inevitably running into with that claim is they do uh, an RTX... 4060 Ti review and get, you know, 160 frames a second for that particular GPU. They then throw that data out and redo it, uh, 
you know, they should get that same number in a future review of like the RTX 4060. And then people are like, but you said you update your data and you got 168 FPS that time. And then you got 168 FPS this time, which they should. But when, pe- when people start seeing the same numbers appearing, they'll then question, are they actually doing the thing they claim to do? So you've sort of shot yourself in the foot there from people who quite don't quite understand that in a lot of these instances, the numbers really shouldn't change. But then on the flip side of that, if you test Shadow of the Tomb Raider in one review and it gets 160 FPS, and then that product gets 168 FPS in the next review, and then it gets maybe 150 in that other one, it's like, well, hang on, why is this same GPU? Why are the numbers jumping all over the place? Like, is your testing yeah. that inaccurate? So you, whichever way you come at it from, that claim is just going to bite you on the backside. And we know that because we've been doing this for so long. We know how people react to certain claims and certain things you do. So it's easier just to say that we validate the data because, you know, if you are doing that, that's what should happen. You should get roughly the same data every time. And then when you do see a change, generally you have to investigate and explain. So a few times just recently, um, people were saying to me with their Intel processor, they get better, uh, what was it, Horizon Zero Dawn results than what we were getting. And I'm like, I've tested this every single way and I keep getting the same numbers but they were getting like 30% better performance than what we were getting. And there's a few different people making that comment. I couldn't work it out. Anyway, I eventually worked out that on the Z790 motherboard that I was using, it enabled resizable bar by default, whereas uh, the Gigabyte boards disabled it. And they were the only manufacturer to disable resizable bar Intel Z790 motherboards. And that gave you a 30% boost. Uh, NVIDIA eventually addressed that with a driver update that automatically disabled resizable bar for that particular title. Yeah, it, it took a bit of investigation, a bit of back and forth to work out what was going on there. So yeah, they, it, it could be difficult to, well, yeah, uh, basically my point is there, it's just a, not a good comment to make because you can end up with the same data time and time again, and people will accuse you of not doing the thing you said you're doing. I think it's going to be a, a- bigger issue as they start getting more and more into the automated testing. So if you've got this process where you've got data that's being produced by the labs that's going out into videos that isn't necessarily accurate or people should be seeing and removing and you know checking and making sure it's accurate, and then you're removing another layer, which is you're then, by automating it, you're removing the human looking at the results as they're coming out. Especially with game benchmarking, you're going to be either playing the game using an in-game benchmark pass. You'll be running around, you'll be seeing the the actual performance of the system and then the results will be coming out. Or you'll be running in, you know, the built-in benchmarks, which produce numbers, which theoretically, if you're doing it manually, you'd put that into your Excel spreadsheet or something. Every time you'd start stacking up the results after they start <laughs> coming in. And with manual testing, as you're going, you're getting this constant feedback of you do a, a benchmark, you get the feedback and you can respond to that in real time. So if you go into a game doing an in-game benchmark pass and it's really stuttery for some reason, unexpectedly, you're instantly going to be, you know, oh, my, what's going on? I've got to investigate that. Is, is something going wrong? Whereas with automated benchmarking, you're going to be clicking a button and then later there's going to be this giant dump of data and you're going to have to then be very carefully going through and looking at each individual result to make sure that things make sense and it becomes easier then to to miss that that in-game stuttering result like you may Mm -hmm. have a a bad one percent low result or something you may just overlook it because you've suddenly got 500 results that you have to deal with Mm -hmm. and so if you if you're compounding like inexperience maybe not as much oversight as there should be with 
all the results are being obfuscated by this black box. And it's not really a black box because de- they've developed the tool, mm-hmm. but it's when it's running, it's effectively doing things and then giving you information afterwards. It makes it even more difficult to make the data accurate. And that's why we've said in videos previously, Q&As and things like that, that automated benchmarking is very challenging. It's not <laughs> something that is, and, and this is why they've spent so long doing it, is that it's not just you write a script and it makes makes results, especially for game benchmarking. It's you've got to put in thousands of hours to validate these results. You've got to put in all this effort to make sure it works. And then every time a game gets new game mm. gets released, revalidate all the effort, remake it work with your tool. Driver updates, you have to revalidate it. You gotta and every time you do this, you have to be improving the automation tool. And yeah, I just find it very difficult. I find it hard to believe that that LMG would be able to solve issues like that in the way that they're sort of currently going about. It just adds another layer that... Yeah, well, look, I'll say something that I'm very self-aware of that I know sounds very arrogant, but I think LTT, the LTT Labs guys, will eventually learn or realize what we already know, and that is that you can't automate game benchmarks. Like, you can automate canned benchmarks, but canned benchmarks usually aren't that good. Like, I would say a small selection of the games we test, we we bother. Like I think F1, the can benchmark there is pretty good. But outside of that, not great. Uh, and look, if if, auto, if if it was possible to automate game benchmarks, it'd make my life a lot easier and we would invest. We've, we've certainly got enough money to pay developers to make automated you know, scripts for us and, and programs. We can already, that's, that's within the realm of possibility for us and Gamers Nexus. It's just, it's not the way to go about it. It just, it just isn't. If it was, we'd already be doing it. Gamers Nexus would already be doing it. Um, it yeah. It, it's and not going to work. I think they will abandon that project eventually. I think they'll eventually realize that what we've been saying is correct. But anyway, I'm I'm happy to be proven uh, wrong on that one, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, and I mean, I've seen some people say, oh, they could develop optical analysis tools. So they, <laughs> they, you know, they're scanning each frame to see whether the benchmark pass completed God. correctly, which is like, you could do that. But <laughs> first of all, the validation would be insane on a project yeah. like that. And we're, when we're talking about game benchmarking, you don't want to be waiting months to have your results ready for a game that people are talking about right now. Like you yeah. don't want to be starting to test Starfield and doing having to validate your optical analysis tools so your results are ready in 2025. Like it's just not that's challenging. But even if they could get it working, it's games are very dynamic. And this mm. makes it one of the most difficult things to test. Like if you're just testing Cinebench, it runs the same thing every time. It's rendering literally the exact same frame mm-hmm. every single time. With games, you have to be, especially if you want to test the most intensive areas of the game, which I think is kind of the point of game benchmarking is to find the most performance limiting section of the game so that Mm -hmm. people know that's the minimum performance you're getting in a game. Often that will involve, you know, you can't just, let's say you're taking a game like Grand Theft Auto, an open world game, lots of NPCs, cars and things. The easiest way to do an automated benchmark in the game, so ignoring the built-in benchmark, would be you go out into the desert where there's no one around, you loop a character around in a circle or in a straight line that goes back and forth, and mm-hmm. that would be easy for your optical analysis tool and you'd have this in-game benchmark pass. But even then, it's like how realistic is that pass for people's actual game experience where they're going to be driving cars in the city, they're going to be shooting people and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we would be testing it in a manual way by going into the city, doing those passes where you're driving with the NPCs in the, you know, 
in the difficult areas, the more performance intensive areas, but that involves dodging around cars a few times. Like every different benchmark pass will be different. You're dodging a different car. And then automating that would be like, I'm sure AI in the future will be able to do something like that. But again, the time investment is pretty significant. I think the putting all this time and effort into doing it on the LMG front is, yeah, it remains to be seen whether it will be worth it for them. And I think it's contributing to some of these problems that Gamers Nexus has been illustrating in their video. How do I put this? Like the response from Linus has been consistently throughout this process that, you know, the results are the way they are because they're learning about the labs. They're, they're, it's, a, it's a process. It takes time to do this thing properly. And so we're still learning and things like that. And I guess my response to that would be, why are they publishing data from an in-progress, you know, testing methodology? Mm-hmm. Like why, if they're developing a, an automated testing tool and it's producing inaccurate data every once in a while, because it's an in-progress tool and it hasn't had all the time and everything, then surely that should just be internal for now and that you mm-hmm. should be reverting back to your older tried and true methodology until the new testing is ready to go. So I think some of those those sort of justifications from Linus, are, again, it's a bit questionable I, for me. I think if they were doing something that nobody else was doing, I think if their day one reviews had every single GPU released in the last five years or last 10 years, I think if they were doing something really remarkable I think that would be somewhat forgivable because they're trying to yeah. do this new thing. They're trying to set a new standard there. If you're going to be using this new method that you believe to be better and allows you to gather more data, you want to be doing a lot more than Harbor and Box Store Gamers Nexus if you're going to make that comparison. So, yeah, as, as I said, I think I could um, cut them some slack there. I could certainly cut Linus some slack there if they were just doing something that I'm like, wow, we could never do that. That's quite impressive. You know, the results may not be always 100% accurate, but still quite an impressive achievement. Once they refine that process, that's going to make their review very valuable. Hopefully this is what's coming across in this discussion is sort of how much we do genuinely think about testing behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, we're just setting up a system, whacking in a GPU, hitting the go button. Mm-hmm. It's that we've had a lot of back and forth discussions about things like testing and presenting data and the best ways to go about that, the the ways that are going to be the most efficient. You know, people have probably seen your desk set up, which is just one example of mm-hmm. how can we make manual benchmarking very efficient is literally to just have systems physically nearby mm-hmm. um, to make that process a lot, a lot easier. So they have to be proving that their way of doing things is, first of all, suitable for the public right now and also proving that that way is going to produce new and exciting outcomes for for reviews mm-hmm. and I, I definitely think that it, it just compounds all these issues when you're using this in progress early you know testing tool i think maybe we'll get to the point where they could be testing like 50 gpus in every single gpu review which would be amazing it'd be very impressive to see um, but that's the time that you'd be wanting to roll out that testing methodology. You'd want to wait. You'd want to make sure it's super well validated, get it all ready. Um, you know, you probably would have seen Gamers Nexus videos about their GPU testing suite updates where they go through and like, these are all the things we've learned over the last year that we're rolling into our new test suites. We've changed mm-hmm. the games. We've validated them all. That's the time you'd want to be waiting until you get to that point where it's sort of, it's almost like, you know, in developer, you hear about developers being like, you know, don't push the beta updates 
to the main channel for people to use. Like you want to mm-hmm. be the, you want the main channel that everyone's using to be stable, to be tried and true, to work, to be proven. And you want the beta stuff to be in the background. Mm-hmm. Maybe you show every once in a while, but it's kind of still in progress. I think they've kind of jumped the gun a little bit by too much of that beta work is being pushed into the main channel. And unfortunately that's impacting some of their results. But I think at least they're aware of it. Like to give them some credit, they, it's not like they're sitting around being like, yeah, that was, we're just ignoring that. Mm-hmm. Like they, they are sort of aware of it, but there's still obviously process issues internally mm-hmm. that are sort of preventing them from making all the changes every time, I guess. We've known about some of the the questionable results in their reviews for a while now, but you know, it's not, again, we're not the benchmark police. It's not on us to, and I think this was the message I was trying to get across. And I said this in roughly these words, when I made my initial tweet, I, I replied to my own tweet and I just said, look guys, you don't need to tell people how good your benchmarks are or how much better they are than anyone else's. Um, you know, your, your work speaks for itself. Do the best job you can do a job that you should, hopefully you're satisfied with and people will recognize that. I mean, we've, I know we get accused of drama a lot and we're always getting on drama and we're causing drama and that it's like, I'd say 99% of the time we're responding to people attacking us or, you know, in this instance, I wouldn't say they were necessarily attacking us, but they were saying something that we didn't believe to be true about us and therefore we addressed it. But we're, mm-hmm. we're not out there making videos about, you know, this drama and that drama. It's if someone targets us and, and, and you know, calls in a question our work or whatever, I think we have a right to sort of say, well, that's not accurate or we don't believe that's mm-hmm. accurate. So I don't, I don't think that's creating unnecessary drama. Um, and again, I, I'm, I'm certainly not accusing Gamers Nexus or anyone of doing that either. Um, I thought their video had many valid points and they obviously felt yeah. compelled to make it. I think, you know, when you've got a channel like Linus Tech Tips, which is obviously watched by a lot of people, millions and millions of people pretty much every day watching Linus Tech Tips, their content is very important. Like it is setting a standard in terms of like people are genuinely making buying decisions based off their content. And that's Mm -hmm. why it's so important for a channel like Linus to have data that is you know, it doesn't have to be the most comprehensive. It doesn't have to do every, it doesn't have to get into the depth of a gamers nexus video or do a 50 game benchmark like we might do. But at the very least, it should be accurate and informing a good robust conclusion because millions of people are probably going to be watching the video mm-hmm. and they may not watch a gamers nexus or hard run box video, which is totally fine. You don't have to watch our videos. That's fine. Um, so you at least want that content to be, to be valid. And I think, yeah, it's kind of, you know, we don't want to be making those types of videos about a channel that has a thousand subscribers and just being like, your testing is, you know, done by people with inexperience and is bad quality and things like that. Because if you're an up and coming creator with limited resources, we get it. We've been there. There's, mm-hmm. there's only so much you can do if you're inexperienced as well. You're just learning. It's all part of the process and you'll get better over time as you make more and more videos and grow your channel. But I don't think any of those excuses apply to a Linus-type channel. It's just like you can't be sitting there saying, well, you know, it's fine because this is the first time they're doing it. It's like they've been a channel for longer than we've been a channel. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they should be making, you know, as you say, sort of accurate accurate data. Linus, 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 rather. He seemed probably the most upset or disappointed, whatever the feelings were, that Steve hadn't reached out to him privately to discuss all of these issues and go through them and get his 
response before I suppose ambushing him with the video that they did. Mm -hmm. Like I had no idea that video was coming and I've spoken to Steve recently, not that he keeps me in the loop with their schedule or anything, but we did talk a bit about my tweet and stuff and Steve didn't sort of say, Oh, you know, I've got more to say about this. He just sort of brushed off as, yeah, we're not touching this one. Um, so yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Like, should Steve have reached out to Linus? Cause he has Linus's phone number. He, ha he can directly contact Linus and people were accusing me of, you know, I should have reached out to Linus before making my little tweet about the thing they'd already said. And I think, well, in my instance, it was already publicly out there. I suppose I could have contacted Linus and said, what's the deal with this? And, but it was on someone else's channel. Is Linus going to get him to remove that and make some sort of apology or something? I guess it comes down to two factors. Like, I think once something's public, an answer being public is fair game. Like, you don't mm -hmm. want to be taking like a private conversation, a private message, like a DM mm -hmm. on Twitter or a Discord message or something, and then instigating that into the public field mm -hmm. by sort of saying, you know, we chatted to Linus about this and we disagree, but it's all been private up to that point. Like, that's bad. Mm -hmm. Like, don't do mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, in that circumstance, you definitely want to be dealing with it as much in private as possible. Uh, I think when it comes to things like content, like it's hard because I'm not the sort of person that would make a video going through the errors that has been made on someone's channel. And again, I'm not saying Gamers Nexus was wrong to do that. It's just not something I personally would have done. So from my perspective, I guess if I was making a video like that, I think because the content is public and you're largely addressing things that are in the video publicly, and a lot of Linus's responses to the videos, to the errors and things like that are also public. So whether that's WAN show responses, pinned comments, forum threads, whatever, you know, a lot of the time it's not like you're going to get much additional clarity by asking further questions about something that was already resolved publicly in the way that they were happy with. Like mm -hmm. anything that they were willing to have said about an error in a video, a clarification, the way they were handling it should have been done way back then, right? Like... Mm -hmm what new information are you going to find? However, I also think you probably should be like behind the scenes, like, Hey, you know, we've got some concerns about all these things. Maybe you just email a list of various different things. We're like, do you have any response to this? Which is just a very standard, you know, way of going about investigating. And I don't know whether gamers Nexus have, have done that or not. It doesn't have to go into a whole call or conversation or dealing with it all privately. Like you can still make the video public while having sent that response, which they very well for all I know might've done. Mm -hmm. um, but certainly I don't agree with like this all should have been dealt with privately. I think mm. the, the, it, it is public. So mm -hmm. a public response is fair. Mm -hmm. What are your, what are your thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I, it's a, it's a tough one. It's a, a sort of a sensitive, challenging topic, but I think I agree with, with everything you've said. Like, yeah, a lot of it was already public. Um, I guess, yeah, it would have been more just of a courtesy thing, reaching out to Linus and saying, I, this is coming. I don't really know how much difference that would have made ultimately. So mm -hmm. if it doesn't make much difference, sort of what's the point? It just, it f maybe feels a bit better. I, I don't know. Um, but as you say, like this, although we get accused of drama, this isn't content we have really made or would make. Yeah, I guess people really want to know, um, and I've seen this a lot on comments on our existing videos and Twitter, people want to know what our thoughts are um, and not just the thoughts we've gone through, like whose side are we on? Who do we think's in the right? Who's the bad guy here? And I don't really have, I know it's people are going to view it as a cop-out, but I don't really have a side. I know 
we got attacked over our comments about LTT. So, you know, we should be all for the GN video tearing them a new one or whatever. Like, yeah, I, I'm really conflicted on it. Like part of it on a personal level annoys me, right? So I get, it's really annoying when a day one review goes live and a really big, trusted, respected media outlet like LTT releases some results that massively contradict our own, which we've seen time and time again. Gamers Next has pointed out a few of them. And then we get flooded with comments going, you're a crap benchmark. You don't know what you're doing. LTT showed it to be this much faster or this much slower. And, you know, you guys got it wrong. And then I have to point to, well, you know, if you look here at Gamers Nexus, you look here at PC World or someone like that, they've got the same results as us. So has anyone else verified the LTT results? But having to deal with that is a bit annoying um, because it was unnecessary because they got it wrong. So on a personal level, that kind of frustrates me and I get annoyed that probably more than we should have, we've seen these bad results. Part of me is like, well, do LTT deserve and does Linus deserve the flack and the blowback they're getting over this sort of stuff? Like, Yeah, the community is yeah. going to blow it up, right? Like, it's, it's brutal, it's, yeah. It's going to be an... an um a disproportionate response to what mm -hmm. was actually brought well, up. Look at the drama and the blowback we received over my little cheeky tweet, which you yeah, would think I like, was, you know, calling for Linus's head, the way the response was on that. It's just, but it's the internet, you know, I, yeah. I act surprised, but I've been doing this job for 20 plus years now. So, you know, part, it's like, Part of me is not at all surprised. And the other part of me is like, how ridiculous. It's I know. Every time. But um, I think I'm on the side of just the community in general. Like it's not, I know, again, that's, it's, it's definitely a cop out, right, to sort of say, well, I'm not going to take a side. But, yeah. you know, I think it's, it, it's good that these things are sort of being brought to light because it is going to encourage LTT to do a better job, which benefits mm. the community. Mm -hmm. um, so I think from that perspective, that's sort of the angle that I'd be sort of taking, sort of saying, well, you know, while maybe I wouldn't have made the video in the exact same way that Gamers Nexus made their video, and as I've said before, I probably just wouldn't be making videos like that, just my personal choice, um, that in general it, it is going to hopefully see the entire reviewing ecosystem improve because it's kind of, is as well. Like you see a video like that and you sort of, I thought in the back of my head, I'm like, Hmm, I wonder, you know, if someone made a video about our content in this style of that video, what would they be finding? Right? Like you sort of think if someone's really going to dial into all of our failures and errors, what are they bringing up? And it sort of gives you that encouragement to mm -hmm. do a better job to make mm -hmm. sure that every time you're producing videos, you're doing the best possible job. So yeah, I think that that's sort of, my approach i think it's not necessarily so much like gn versus ltt it's like do you want all content creators to do a better job or are you content with the level that content creators are producing content at the moment and i'm certainly on the front of improving yeah and that's where i sort of come to steve's defense at gamers nexus because <laughs> while i'm conflicted I'm, I'm those people who are like you know that's unprofessional you shouldn't do that you should just stay in your own lane and not tear down others or whatever whatever the argument for Steve not doing the video may be, but then on the other side of it, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, I've already said, you know, we've seen these horrific errors from, from Linus's team or whoever may have made the errors, but we've seen them get published, which they absolutely should not have been published. And it, it hasn't happened once or twice. It's, it's happened. It's, it's almost reliable at this point. I know that sounds harsh, but 
often we just see these results that don't make sense. We're like, how does this keep happening? And as I said, it's frustrating for me as a content creator on the platform. I put out a day one review and then I'm having to field all these questions for why our results don't make sense compared to LTTs. And maybe Steve's just sitting there like, you know, these things keep happening, guys. You know, these things and other things that shouldn't be happening keep happening. Like, we've been quiet on this for so long now and you keep making the same mistakes. So Steve's just like, well, I'm not seeing change. So I'm going to step in here, bring it to everyone's attention, and then maybe that will create change at, at LTT. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not sure. But that, that yeah, as and- you say, that could be some good that comes of this video and this situation where they really take a hard look at what they're doing and they you know make sure that the next review that comes out doesn't have any major errors as you said look uh, i think um i don't know if i've talked about this already but one of my most recent major errors was for the 13900k video where i did the power scaling compared to the 7950x and i was using the intel xtu software which was supporting that cpu but had a bug and gave you the wrong power figure numbers so well, I got a bit shafted there, like my mistake, I guess. Like I had no really way of verifying that until the review went live. The review went live. I woke up the next morning, found out those results were wrong. We trimmed that for the video. We pinned a comment. It was really the best we could do there. We got rid of it and we made a, a tweet about it and a pinned comment. So errors happen, but they should be fairly irregular. <laughs> Not regular, I guess is the point. Yeah, and, and we don't know, like I'm sure there'll be, you know, going back to the whole, they should have, settled this privately sort of issue. We don't know mm-hmm. how much conversation has been between Steve and Linus or people between those two publications about errors after videos go live. Like who knows, yeah, okay. maybe they maybe they reached out after the 4090 video and were yeah. like, hey, that result doesn't look right. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe then there's another video and they reach out and say, hey, that result doesn't look right. And we've certainly received emails from other creators asking things like that or looking to double check numbers. And I've tried to double check numbers with other content creators at times as well. So there is a lot of that going on behind the scenes where we're trying to validate data off one another before publishing so that Mm -hmm. we don't make big errors. But obviously, you know, I'm sure it gets to a point where you keep saying to a creator like, you know, what's going on here with this result? Wasn't able to replicate this. What's going on with that result? As you say, it probably gets to a point where you're like, you know, I'm not really seeing any change here. And this is obviously impacting people in the community negatively like they're getting the wrong impression about products and the wrong information so yeah i, I think mm-hmm. that sort of informs where where the video okay. goes to the ethical side of the the video did you have any thoughts at all about things like the the bill billet labs billet labs like yeah cooling block situation because i think a lot of the takeaway has been from people that that is the worst i guess fault that linus made that was yeah. covered by Gamers Nexus. Okay, so obviously we're mostly focused on the benchmark stuff because that's where we actually got tied up in all of this was you know the calling out of the the benchmarking methods and practices and whatnot. Uh, and I'll just sort of make it clear at this point that I don't watch much uh, LTT content on the main channel or any of their sub channels, not because I don't like them or think they're not worth watching, just because I only have a finite amount of time and I spend most of it benchmarking and generally to sort of a bit of background noise. I try not to have tech-related content playing because there's only so much my brain can handle of tech-related content. I pretty much watch all of the LTT day one reviews. So all of the GPU and CPU reviews, 
because obviously that's what I'm covering. And when I release my video, I go around and watch everyone's. So Gamers, Nexus, Linus, everyone's. Um, and yeah, so when it comes to other general content, I will catch like one video a month maybe. And it's usually one that someone's linked and said, Steve, what do you think about this? Or this is worth watching. This was really funny or interesting. Uh, but LTT put out just so much content. I I don't even know if there is a person on the planet that can actually watch all of it. You wouldn't have a lot going on in your life if that's the case. No offense to anyone. Uh, but I haven't watched those videos is the long-winded way I'm trying to get across that message that I just, I just haven't watched them. So I don't, I don't know what happened in those videos. I don't know the full context. So I guess what I'm getting at is the context I have of those videos is from the GN video. So I'm going, I guess I would have to trust that GN has got the context and the information correct in their video. And I'd have to comment on it from that perspective. Yeah. So I think um, that's fair. And what do I think about them? Well, from what Gamers Nexus showed, the the Built Labs thing was bad, and I can see why people are upset about that. It really goes against everything I think that we at Harbour and Box stand for, and Gamers Nexus, which is really thorough, in depth, highly researched testing and analysis. We don't just go, oh, what are we going to do today, Tim? Oh, I don't know, run a heap of benchmarks and pump out a video. Like, there's a lot of back and forth with companies. There's a lot of you know even back and forth with. Uh, our peers in the industry like gamers nexus what are they seeing uh do, do, that, do they have any insight into this that, that happens a lot so and that's why we only put out like two videos a week because a lot of time and effort i work minimum 16 hours a day seven days a week pretty much every week sometimes cut down on that a bit but yeah sure <laughs> i mean i've been doing that for years now you know i do that um mm-hmm. our video editor bail and thinks i'm a bit mad i i love this stuff like i i'm an addict it, it's hard to pull me away from it i i just I love doing it. Um, so yeah, I've got a problem I'm aware, but I also enjoy it. Um, and I've seen about to make it work. I've been doing it for a long time now, but even you put a lot of hours in, like you'll work on a weekend yep. or you know, it's not a nine till five for you. I know you sometimes say it is, but it's not because <laughs> I catch you working at all hours of the night and weekends and yeah. whatever. We're well, I was watching the, uh, watching the ashes cricket when that was on in england the other day and i was just doing benchmarks <laughs> at like 3 4 a.m while watching the cricket i'm just like whatever i'll just do I, it why not I, I know we're getting sidetracked here but i guess it is the podcast but i really i can't watch a, a movie anymore i don't know if it's just me being old now as well um there's few things i can do without doing my job like i like to be productive and i find just going and watching a movie i'm just like where's the benchmark to run? What am I doing? I'm just wasting time. So that is, I've probably got a problem. Um, probably, I've probably got a diagnosable problem, but I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, Maybe a few. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, what were we meant to be talking about? The, the billet uh, labs situation. Right. Yeah. So yeah, the video was very sloppy. Um, the context in which it was shown in the GN video, wow, was very embarrassing. I don't know if they were trying to be entertaining or funny. Again, I don't have the full context, but then pulling out, if I understood this correctly, Linus told his employees to grab an RTX 3090 Ti. They grabbed what they thought was an RTX 3090 Ti. They then tore the thing down fully. And then only after they had trouble fitting this custom block to it, were they like, hang on, what graphics card is this? And they realized it was an RTX 4090 and not the thing they needed, but they proceeded anyway. Is that uh, is that right? Yeah, that that's the impression I got. And that certainly was... Um, if if I that's guess, correct. 
Yeah, it, it's it reminds me of the cowboy hat emoji. Yeah, <laughs> the guy with the cowboy hat is like just, sort of smiling. It's kind of like you're just going with the flow, doing whatever. You kind of act like a cowboy. I mean, that's embarrassing. Uh, again, we're going off the context that was shown in the GM video, but if accurate, that is very embarrassing. I, I I don't know if Linus was playing it up to be a bit funny. Like, guys, you've got so many graphics cards over here, you can't find the right one. That that could have been the context mm-hmm. of the video. I don't know. But if they seriously were meant to be installing this prototype block on a 3090, accidentally got a 4090, those mistakes happen, whatever, but then tore it down, realized their mistake, and then were like, eh, we come this far. <laughs> we'll just, you know... We'll just keep going, and then we'll complain about it not working properly on the on a card that the the developer said, "Look, feel free to try it on a forty ninety, but this is developed for a thirty ninety Ti, so definitely, definitely test it on a thirty ninety Ti. And if you're happy with the results or found that interesting, then feel free to maybe try it on a forty ninety. We haven't done that because we don't have one. Yeah, so, um, I mean that's 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 not good content. Yeah, I think with those videos, like I'm sure the the goal was to be entertaining, as always with the Linus video, which is fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think you can't mix together entertaining content where it's designed where you're going around, as I said, kind of like a cowboy, just doing whatever, like we'll whack some things together, we'll see what works, what doesn't work, have a bit of fun. Like everyone who builds PCs does things like that, like not necessarily installing very expensive hardware on non-compatible, very expensive other hardware, but just messing around, having a bit of fun, like you build a few things, see what works. DIY mods are always popular, but that's one style of video. That's the entertaining video where you're going around doing things. I think it's wrong to then take that experience and say, well, now we're going to evaluate the product Mm. because if your experience is, well, I installed it on the wrong GPU, and then you're going to then say, no one should buy this because it's too expensive and is just not worth it. It, it, it's just totally incompatible. It has to be one or the other. It has to be an analysis video where you properly install and test the product as intended and say, is this worth it or not worth it? Or you can make the entertaining, let's try and make this 3090 Ti cooler work on a 4090. You can't have it both ways. And I think they really did yeah, screw over that company, unfortunately, by trying to do both things at the same time when mm-hmm. really they should have been separated. And this is why we don't make messing around with test systems and things, videos like that, because our videos are review videos effectively. And we can't be, you know, seen doing things like that. We can't be seen like not installing a cooler correctly and then saying, well, this product sucks now. Like, that's that's right. just not how a review works. It's just a bad review. Yeah, when I did the unboxing boxes series and there was no real research, I didn't even know what was in the box most of the time, um, I would get the product out and I'd be like, oh, okay, these this headset doesn't feel as comfortable as expecting it to be, but there's a lot of adjustment there, so maybe I just haven't set it up correctly. I'll look at that later and get back to you guys. That's, that's sort of how I tackled that. And yeah. I'd say the only content we fairly regularly do where we're winging it is our live streams, and we stress mm. at the start of the live stream, this is not a build guide. This is not how to build a PC necessarily. We're just doing this in an entertaining fashion while answering your questions and half paying attention to the thing that we're doing. So if things go wrong or whatever, we usually you know wear that as oh I made a mistake and you know we've got to do this. We don't necessarily say you know this case sucks because of this or that. We usually just say oh we must have made a mistake because we're just winging this and mistakes happen when you wing things. Yeah, yeah, just disappointed to see that sort of video. And um, yeah, yeah, some of the other issues as well, like, um, you know, 
the Noctua cooler stuff and things, you know, the, the framework situation as well is something that I've sort of been a bit, yeah, curious over is probably the best way to describe that, how you could be testing laptops while also having been an investor in a laptop company. Seems like a conflict of interest to me. I know they do disclose that, but you can't always just magic away a conflict of interest by disclosing a conflict of interest. The conflict is still there. It's just the people aware of it, but you know, it's, it's sort of th things like that as sort of, you know, just not the way that we would make content. Like we've said many times previously that, you know, well, first of all, we don't invest in companies that we then test the products of. No. Don't really invest in much at all. I um, think the, the closest we get is companies do pay us money. So MSI pays us money. Gigabyte pays us money and we review their yes. products. Or ad which, spots. Yeah, which is a bit of an unfortunate necessity for us. But I think we've proven, like, I remember back when MSI, well, they still do, um, sponsor us to go to Computex, and a few of our Patreon members were concerned that MSI paying for flights and accommodation and stuff and getting us over there, that we would go soft on them. Um, mm -hmm. Fortunately, a month after those concerns were raised, MSI dropped the ball big time on their X570 motherboards and we roasted them to high heaven. So that kind of proved that even if a company does pay us money, we are still, you know, that that's a separate mm -hmm. thing. They they pay for the ad spot, they get the ad spot. But as far as like the product goes, we don't, we're, we're happy to destroy their product. And if they get salty about that and don't want to advertise with any, as, us anymore, that's their loss, not necessarily ours. Yeah, we'll just but, go to that long line of other people that we could get to advertise our well, videos, which I think is right. sort of... Yeah, I think that's sort of where people, I guess, don't understand as much about how the advertising things would work. Not to do, we, this is probably an entire v podcast in the future talking about advertising and stuff. But just very quickly, you know, I think the difference between like Linus investing in framework versus MSI buying ads on our channel is that you know Linus, by being an investor, has a vested interest in framework doing well, which means mm -hmm. that you mm -hmm. know they they will benefit in the future if their products are good. Whereas yep. MSI buying ads on our channel doesn't give us a vested interest in MSI products being good because we can get advertising from many different sources. Like we're not limited. If they decide not to advertise with us, again, we can choose many other advertisers for our channel. Yep. Uh, so there's no, there's no like MSI is paying us money. Therefore, we need to make MSI products good because we don't care. We could just get whoever, like it could mm -hmm. be Gigabyte, Asus, or even outside of it, we've, we've done ads for products that aren't things we've covered. Um, mm -hmm. There's plenty of different opportunities yeah. for us. Well, yeah, so, all I'm saying is I absolutely understand the criticism and the concern there because I would yeah. have the same oh, of course. concerns and criticism. Yeah. Uh, but I, again, this is where I said earlier, your, wor your work speaks for itself and you will not be too hard-pressed to find us criticizing MSI products, criticizing MSI in defense of other YouTubers. Um, we've gone after MSI, Gigabyte, and ASUS plenty. I think we've probably gone after MSI the most and then maybe ASUS. Um, Gigabyte so. mostly probably avoided a lot of flack with us. Um, but anyway, I mean, there's been probably some Gigabyte boards we've trashed for sure. But the, the point is, yeah, we, we do keep those things very separate. We don't, mm -hmm. there's no consideration about how much money they might have spent with us that year as to whether or not that product's garbage. And you don't have to look too far on the channel to find that what I'm saying is not garbage or BS. It's 100% accurate. So, yeah, the framework situation, less than ideal. Um, and I think there's plenty of things in life 
that Linus could have invested in that would probably have made him more money. I know he said he was passionate about it. I don't know too much about the frameworks thing, to be perfectly honest. But, yeah, um, it it opens yourself up to criticism when you financially back something like that. That I mean, at least he disclosed it. Like, true, true. That, that is one thing. It's who knows who's out there investing in companies and not disclosing it. That would certainly be very, very dodgy. But yes, obviously the best way of going about it is that you just wouldn't open yourself up to those sort, sorts of conflicts. And, you know, things like the Noctua, you know, they make Noctua branded products. There's a, obviously a collaboration between them. Not as concerned about things like that. I think if you've got your review team and your product team separated enough that hopefully, you know, you wouldn't, yeah, hopefully the the person that's working in the labs is very far separated from things like advertising teams, a, a company of the size of LMG. So things like that don't concern me as much. But yeah, I, I think the real takeaway from the video for me overall was more less on the ethical side of things and more on sort of just the errors and mm. how how consistent they've been over time. But mm-hmm. you know, I think the GN video was well made. Um, it wasn't like I felt like a lot of the criticisms in there were fair. I didn't really think there was anything I thought was um, super unfair, like unfairly targeted Linus over something that I thought was minor. I thought all of those things are probably good to bring up. And yeah, I I just think that there's some um, management side things at the company that need to be improved in terms of not rushing videos as much, which really was a key focus that Steve brought up, you know, Mm -hmm. too much rushing videos. Mm too much, not as much oversight. These are all things that are fixable. And it's, yeah, I just hope that they implement the right sort of changes. And I couldn't imagine what it's like to operate, you know, imagine hardware unboxed operating with a hundred employees. Like it would be a very difficult uh, business to manage. And I think moves like Linus stepping down from the CEO position, hiring someone else to run that role is hopefully going to over time improve the processes at the company so that, you know, there's better better things in place. The people who are currently running labs will get more experience and things like that. So I think there's a lot of hope. It's not like, oh, Linus content is going to be trash forever because Gamers Nexus has now exposed them. It's like, no, I think there's there's definitely everything that's been mentioned are things that can be can be solved and improved. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I have, I don't know if sympathy is the right word for it, but <sighs> we've been on the receiving end of some of this stuff as well pretty unfairly like a lot you know there are some there are definitely issues here that need to be addressed but the amount of hate backlash and attacks that linus and his staff are going to be subjected to is very unfair because they're not bad people they haven't done anything horrific i know there's the ethics stuff there i i don't think they've done anything terribly wrong i know people probably get upset when i say that it's not malicious. I think that's the no. point that you're trying to make. It's not like they've gone out and they've and- deliberately been like, Billet Labs, we're just going to destroy that company. Like, we're out to get them. It's no, not that. It's- Linus has said behind, like, Linus did say in his response that they were financially compensating those guys and trying to help and work with them to rectify the situation. This has been an ongoing effort. And there was some miscommunication there with the whole auctioning the part off for charity and stuff like that. Yeah, that was clearly a communication breakdown. I'm just taking, yeah. uh, well, I'm taking Linus at his word there, but I, I believe Linus to be a good guy. I do. And this is sort of separate to this issue, what I'm about to say, but we often get people either on our discord or in our comment section or on Twitter, reaching out to us saying, you know, Linus's team or Linus himself stuffed this up again. They're the absolute worst. They're, 
they're misleading, they're anti-consumer, they're just the worst thing ever is what they're trying to say. And you guys should do a hit piece and tear them down and do all this and that. And obviously we've never done that. And we've been asked live when we're doing our Patreon live streams, you know, what do you guys think of Linus and LTT like? I think they're personally the worst ever because of reasons. What do you guys think? And we've had plenty of opportunities to, you know, rip or talk poorly of Linus, you know, behind his back or even on the main channel. We haven't done that because I honestly believe when we've been asked about this, is this is what I've said in the past, and I think you agree, Tim, that I think Linus and LTT or the organization in general has been of net benefit for the PC industry and consumers. I, I think they've, I think the good they've done certainly outweighs any issues. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be criticized for those issues because if they haven't been improving through their own sort of processes, then someone probably should point that out and help them along. But I think they've done a really a good thing for PC gaming and PC. I think because of Linus, there's a lot more people now who they're almost like a gateway for GN. I think there's a lot more people now who research their parts and what they're buying. Um, there's a lot less people who are sucked into the marketing. I mean, again, I know mm -hmm. the people who disagree with me, but this is my opinion. I, I think, yeah, there are a lot more people now who are looking at other resources, doing research, building their own computer, um, learning about how computers work, and, and just getting more involved in the whole process than they would have if they hadn't have found Linus. And I think there's just a bigger audience on YouTube and in general for for tech stuff. I, I, I think that you know a lot of us have Linus to thank for blowing up that hobbyist enthusiast type industry and making it what it is today I, I think he plays a big part in that and i, I think that should be recognized and again it yep. doesn't excuse any mistakes or anything that they've done wrong but i think i personally think linus is of net benefit and i hope that they can tighten up and improve on these things because that'll be great for them and everyone else yep. yeah that's basically my thoughts on on linus and and yeah i agree ltt yeah, I agree. I, I certainly think that, you know, content, like I think we, we both acknowledge that hard Rombox content isn't the most approachable for a newcomer. It's not necessarily designed for a new yeah. to PC building audience. It very I'm much gets into it. Yeah, I'm surprised anyone sits through that many graphs, to be honest. I never thought it would work oh, on YouTube. Yeah, uh, it's pretty crazy. But <laughs> yeah, so I think, I think Linus definitely has, yeah, I agree, pr produced a, a net benefit overall. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sort of proven that, um, you know, PC gaming and, you know, building PCs can be an interest for many, many people and work on a YouTube platform, something that prior to that point was really, you know, there weren't TV shows being made about building PCs. They, I mean, there might have been, but the majority no of it was being them. done. No one watched them. The majority of it was magazines, you know, mm -hmm. niche websites. And, yeah, bringing those things out into the mainstream is certainly, yeah, been of benefit. And I think as well, like, while, yeah, there are – a lot of errors in videos it's been rare that i've found that the conclusion has been all that different to a gamers nexus or hardware unboxed that's fair um you know there have been times that yes you know some of the margins haven't been right and some of the results haven't been right but i think it's rarely resulted in let's say linus saying that a 4090 was bad when everyone else was saying that it was good or vice versa for any sort of product. I think their opinions, their actual conclusion at the end after analyzing their data has been similar to most most other creators. Now, there's probably some examples where, yes, they've made some 
opinions that don't align with a lot of other reviews. But I think for the most part, despite the errors, they, their conclusions are still reasonable, which is why it's like, again, we want them to improve and, and get better. But, it, you know, it would be a net negative if they were constantly misinforming people and saying like bad products are good or good products are bad constantly. But that's just not not the sort of thing that mm-hmm. I've experienced. And I, I certainly think if they can improve the data so that it's always accurate, it's just going to take those sorts of conclusions to the next level. It's going to make them even more robust and people are going to rely on them and trust them even more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure their, their trust is unfortunately going to you know, take a bit of a hit after this. But you know, for the future, if they can improve, then there's, it's certainly only going to go up from there, I would have thought. Yeah, that's right. And uh, while you know, taking a bit of a hit to the credibility or whatever is probably, I'm, I'm honestly not even sure how much that'll affect uh, Linus and Andy's uh, platform, to be honest. But again, as I said, your work speaks for itself. So if they start ch- from this point on, if they start churning out high quality uh, day one reviews, doesn't even, again, doesn't have to be all the data in the world, but if they start churning out accurate reviews with good data, then um, this will just become a thing of the past. And a year from now, people, you know, most, the vast majority of people will have forgotten or just not bring it up anymore. That's probably enough on the, the GNLTT video, just taking a bit of a break, got back into it and yeah, I thought it might be nice in some of these videos, some of these, well, podcasts, I should say. It's not video first, it's audio first. Um, just to talk about some of the other stuff that's going on in our lives, things that we might be interested in, maybe videos that we've been watching, movies, TV. So hopefully we'll be able to bring something that's not, you know, benchmarking related <laughs> in each of these podcasts. Steve's laughing. Is Have you only been doing benchmarking in the past little bit? I kind of just admitted that I spend way too many hours seven days a week doing this sort of stuff, uh, which is entirely true, especially for this time of year. Look, when we get into summer, I try to take half a day here and there to get outside, do some gardening. I have quite a big property. The grass is starting to grow again, so I have to mow the lawns more mow the lawns more than once a month. Uh, but honestly, the weather's been pretty miserable. I re- it's quite a nice day at the moment, Tim. I wouldn't mind getting outside and enjoying it, but that's fine. We'll do our yeah. podcast. Um, but yeah, the weather's been terrible. There hasn't been really much to do. Um, my kids and that have been mostly sick over the last month, just colds and things going around. So they haven't really wanted to do too much. And we usually get out the front of the studio. There's a basketball ring. We play basketball and stuff after school. But again, it's been miserable. So we haven't been able to do that. So there hasn't been much going on. I've been playing a bit of Fortnite with Zoe. She loves that. That's one thing we can do is play computer games. So we've been doing a bit of that uh, when I get a chance here and there. Uh, But yeah, other than that, I mean, I spent Thursday night, I hopped in my car. I drove for an hour and a half down to PLE, bought an entire computer to get my hands on the 7900 GRE. I drove home. I got home. I set the system up, I took the graphics card out, put up my test system, started benchmarking. So I did that Thursday night till I passed out, woke up relatively early Friday and worked all day on it. And when did I get that out? Was it Saturday night? I think it was Saturday Saturday night. Pretty good effort. Pretty good effort. Yeah, so I I spent almost two and a half days getting that done with very little sleep. And then I was very grumpy on Sunday. I'm too (laughs) old for this, I've realized. Um, I don't do it as well as I used to. So I was sort of pretty hungover looking. it was Saturday night, right, that your AFL team as well lost in a pretty yes. heartbreaking fashion. In the sp- for, for people who obviously are not from Australia, we have got Australian rules football here mm. and we, we both watch it a fair bit, which we'll probably talk about in future podcasts. But, yeah, your team lost in a bit of a heartbreaker. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that um, 
Yeah, I worked my backside off. Uh, the video went out at nine and the game started at like 7.30. And after the first quarter, I had to go make sure the upload had worked because that's how tight I was to getting that video out. So yeah. I, I wasn't able to fully enjoy the football. The first quarter also sucked because Melbourne didn't play very well. So I was a bit bummed out by that. Then got the video set up and ready to go live. Um, and yeah, then they... Uh, I maintain they won that game, so that's fine. <laughs> In my own little world, they won that game. Petrarca kicked that goal. It wasn't touched. It was a goal. So so we won. So we yeah. won. Yeah, fortunately, the record books don't say it that way. But, yeah, I think my, my thing from this week that I was really getting into was actually the Women's World Cup in the, the FIFA, the soccer, which I'm not a huge okay. fan of. I'm not a huge fan of football or soccer in general. Uh, it's not really a men's or women's sport thing. I'm just not a huge fan of the sport. But Australia, for once, is actually okay at women's soccer, it turns out. So I've been watching some of those matches. I think it was on Saturday, around it the same was, time as your, it was, yeah. Yeah, your they, heartbreaker, that there was yep. the um, Australia versus France match, which mm -hmm. was won by Australia on penalty shootout. That was... Very stressful to watch uh, as someone that's not super experienced with watching penalty shootouts and seeing that I'm like, yeah, I might, I might explode here, but uh, turns out I didn't, I held together. My, my skin is still okay. And there's a bit of yelling when, once it, uh, once they kicked it through and they're through to the, the semifinals now. So yeah, that's sort of, yeah, that was good over the weekend. Um, I'm sure in the future we'll talk about some movies and games and stuff, but um, yeah, for now it's been the FIFA Women's World Cup, and I'll be very interested to watch the semi-final, which I think is on Wednesday. Good time for us, you know, it's okay. hosted in Australia, so they're not at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. like a lot of other international competitions. So, yeah, I've been really enjoying that. And, yeah, I think you, the 7900 GRE is probably something we were we would have talked about on this podcast in a bit more depth if it wasn't for other mm -hmm. topics taking the main focus. I'm sure sometime in the future we'll talk about, um, you know, AMD's, weird product yes. strategy and lineup and things so we'll save that mm -hmm. for a future time because it's probably a fair bit to say and i'm just mm -hmm. looking at the time we've been going for an hour and 26 minutes so who knows whether how long this will edit down to i said we'll make these podcasts an hour long and as expected hardware unbox we make a lot of long interesting content hopefully so we kind of failed on the uh keeping it short and sweet but yeah, a lot of stuff don't... to talk about in the first episode yeah we don't do that i reckon there's about two minutes maybe that you can chop out <laughs> Yeah, two minutes. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. So yeah, hopefully everyone's enjoyed the first episode of the Hardware Unbox podcast. Um, again, if you're watching this via the video version, please subscribe to the, the channel that you're currently watching this from. Um, but if you, for whatever reason, aren't super keen on the video version, there's the audio versions available. We'll get those up through Spotify and places like that as soon as we can figure it out. So hopefully by the time you're watching this, we will have figured that out and you'll be able to just you know, subscribe in your podcast apps and things like that. So fingers crossed I managed to get that to work. Um, and yeah, we'll be coming back next week to talk about whatever, whatever news happens, interesting topics. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully there'll be some lighthearted topics we can have a bit of fun with and it won't be so serious and yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the goal of the podcast, right? Talk about yeah. some things in a bit of a lighthearted yeah. fashion. It just so happens we have to talk about gamers Nexus and Linus and people and our opinions on that. But um, yep. yeah. Hopefully people enjoyed it. So, yeah, thanks for watching. There's not much else to say. We haven't got like an outro or anything. There's nothing queued up for this. So we'll just say see you later. See you guys. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.